Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Youth Sunday at Fort Corn Baptist Church. My name is James Coleman. I'm the student minister here. And we are excited that you've decided to uh, come and join us for worship this morning. I want to extend a special welcome to anyone who is new, and this is your first Sunday visiting with us. I want to make sure that you know we have a welcome desk right on the outside of the sanctuary. So following the service, be sure to stop by there. We have a small gift for you and with some information about our church as well. Excuse me, as well. And uh, we would love to connect with you. So be sure to stop by there following the service. Um, I would like to invite you guys to also stand and go into prayer with me as we open up this service. Um, we're going to pray for our students. We're going to pray for the Lord to show up right here uh, with us because he is always with us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for everything you do for us. God, we pray that you will prepare our hearts as we enter into worship, God, that we will bring our entire lives to you, that we will be completely authentic and give, our, give of our whole selves to you, God, that we would worship you in spirit and in truth. For God, that is what you desire. God, we pray that you will uh, calm any nerves that are on the stage for this youth Sunday, God, and help us to just praise you, to sing to an audience of one, Lord, and that uh, somebody in this place would hear the gospel and come to know you, God, because of the obedience of your people. God, we love you and we trust you and we surrender all praise, honor, and glory to Jesus' name. And all God's people agree and said, amen. We come alive in the river. 
to invite everyone, if you would, to uh, uh, greet one another in the name of Christ.
for a moment. Um, as you all know, at this point in the service, we come forward in prayer. Uh, but before we do, I just want to share uh, just a moment that our God is able. Amen? amen? Our God is more than able for the things that we need him for. Amen? Our God is good. Amen? We agree on these things. We agree on these things because, one, we have experienced them. We have experienced the goodness of God in ways that testifies to the lives of others. And that's what he calls us to do. Amen? This is not a passive kind of gospel, is it? It never has been. And so when we come forward in prayer, we come forward into a powerful place. Because there is nothing on this earth that is more powerful than prayer. Absolutely nothing. For the, the Bible teaches us that God's word itself is a sword and a shield. And it will cut through anything that the enemy has against us. 
It will cut through any temptation, any sickness, any doubt, any fear, any insecurity. And it will raise us up to truth. And in that truth, bring us healing. So at this point in the service, if you have any uh, anybody on your heart that you want to pray for, be it a sickness, be it someone who's lost, be it someone uh, in your family who, who just who needs some kind of prayer coverage today. Maybe you yourself are going through something. Maybe you are experiencing temptations. Maybe you're struggling with that sin you just can't really shake. Maybe it's a generational kind of sin. Your father before you, your mother before you, your sister before you, your brother before you struggled with it too. But can you be the one that breaks that cycle today? And we do it at the foot of Jesus' throne. I also want to invite any teachers, any students, any administrators in our schools, if you would want to come forward and let us pray over you, uh, I would invite all of you to come forward now if you'd like to. Father, we come before you this morning grateful that we get to come into a place and worship you freely because not all believers have this, have this kind of privilege. God, we thank you that you move within our midst in ways that we could have never planned. God, we thank you that many are the plans in our hearts, but it is your will that prevails. And God, right now, we want to lift up every, uh, every person represented here at this altar. God, anybody who's dealing with sickness, God, we pray for healing. Healing, God, that happens through your word. Healing, God, that happens through the insight and wisdom that you give to doctors and surgeons. God, we pray that if there is anyone that is expecting a surgery soon, God, that you would uh, either remedy what's going on and they don't even need the surgery, or, Father, that... Um, you would make that surgery go without any kind of complication. Father, we pray for the, um, the grandchildren that are uh, wandering away because of a culture, God, that does not really like them, a culture that wants to turn them against you. God, we pray that you would release them from the lies of the enemy and that you would deliver them, God, and, and help them, God, to hold on to who you have created them to be. Lord Jesus, we, we pray for every parent and grandparent, Lord, that's in this place, that you would give them the strength and the wisdom and the insight and the courage, God, to, to raise children up in your ways that they may never depart from them. God, we pray for our school teachers, our administrators, and our students, that God, as they go into this next school year, you will protect them and you will guide them and you will give them boldness and courage to be missionaries in their field. Right where they're at, Lord, you have planted them there for a reason. And God, we pray that you will give them opportunities to share your goodness, to share your gospel, and that they won't be ashamed to do so. God, I pray against any opposition that comes, comes to them in those times. God, that you would give them the words and that you, Lord, would, would provide the comfort and the protection 
And God, in our, in our society today, it's, it's always sad. We hear about and we read about and we, and we see on the news um, horrible things that happen in schools. And God, we pray for your protection over our schools, that no act of violence or hate like that would, would occur within their walls. God, that you would protect every single one of them and that they would see your goodness through the lives of your believers that you have right there. God, we pray that you would uh, be with the teachers and administrators who are preparing to have students uh, in their building, Lord, that um, as they are gathering their things, putting their rooms together, uh, making sure all the files are where they need to be, and even hiring new staff, God, we pray that um, you would provide for them and that you would help them to endure the stress that comes along with it. Um, God, bring them comfort, give them endurance, because you, God, are our source of life. And we trust you in that. And God, we surrender everything to you, all of our lives. And we give all glory, all praise, all honor to the holy name of Jesus Christ, our King. And all God's people who agree and said, Amen.
seated. Uh, I got, we've got a video that we've made um, just kind of summarizing our uh, youth events over, over the year. We've got um, four different events that are kind of thrown into this one video. So I hope you enjoy. Um, we, we sure did making it. So enjoy.
I know a lot of those uh, events, I mean, you kind of got to be there, right? So that's my, my shameless plug for volunteers. So if you want to volunteer with the youth group, come talk to me, right? Um, but here, uh, it's Youth Sunday, right? So one of the best things we could possibly do for Youth Sunday is let you hear from some of our youth. So I have two, two students that so graciously agreed to uh, uh, come and speak for you this morning. Um, one is a senior. He just graduated. And now he is going off to Campbellsville University. His name is Emerson Markham. His family's over here, so if you want to wave to them, you can. But uh, um, we're going to be sad because he moves in on August 19th, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss him. And then uh, McKinley is going into her senior year, and uh, we're super proud of her and everything that, um, every way that she has grown over this past year. And um, I think you'll be blessed by what they have to share. Um, I know I was when I heard it for the first time in the first service, so... Um, yeah. Emerson, you ready? I'll give him some encouragement as he comes up here, please. Thank you. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, I'm going to talk, my, like you said, my name's Emerson, um, and I just graduated. Um, so I'm done with youth group, which is sad, but moving on to the next chapter of my life. So he invited me to come up just to talk about our mission trip that we went on in the beginning part of June. Uh, we went on a mission trip to Washington, D.C., and there were a lot of growth in students that we saw there, and I'm just going to talk about some takeaways that I had from that as me and just seeing what other students, uh, how they grew. Uh, so the first being that you can just make a big impact with a very small act, something very small like using good manners or being really nice to someone or going out of your way to do something nice for someone really could mean something, could mean a lot to someone. Especially because you don't know what someone's going through in their life. You don't know the backstory or what's happened in a day or how they've been hurt. You just don't know. You don't know what goes on in everybody's lives. So what I realized over this mission trip, I realized simple things like that, they mean a lot. Putting good in the world is a good way to represent Jesus because that's what he did. He loved everyone. So when we go out in our everyday lives, making those impacts like Jesus did to love everyone is important. Uh, second point being that God's going to use you where you are. It doesn't matter where you are in your life, whether you're young, old, middle. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. God can use you where you are with what you have. You don't have to have a bunch of gifts. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be who you are. You don't have to gain knowledge a lot of times people feel like, oh, I don't need, I got to do this so I can do this. I got to read the Bible a bunch before I can talk to these people. But that's not true. Your testimony is just as powerful as anything you can say to someone. Just being who you are and speaking what is in your heart is very important. So God can use you with whatever you're willing to let him use. You just have to let him take control. Let God have control of your life. And a lot of times... He's going to take it, and he's going to do a lot of things to glorify him. Now, my last point is this, is to get out of your norm. We had a lot of times with this mission trip, we had students who were uncomfortable with some of the things that we were doing. They just, it wasn't their cup of tea, they hadn't done it before, and they were getting a little nervous. But the reward when they finished it was great. They saw the impact that they made. They saw how much that they helped these people with just a small impact, like I said. But they, they saw the, the reward and the fruits of their labor. But I think a lot of times, it's easy for us to get stuck in the complacency of our lives. You go to work every day. 
do this every day, and you do that every day. And a lot of times, we can do that with church. We come to church every Sunday. But we're not, we're not coming, we're not trying to see God. We're not trying to get closer to him, we're just going through a routine. So I'm challenging, just break out of the norm of, I do this every single week. Because it can get, kind of have some monotony to just come to church every week. And you listen to the sermon, and you sing some songs. But when you come to church, I challenge you to come expecting to see God. Because he's here. Expect to see him. And you're, you're going to grow in your faith. So those type of things were things I learned from the mission trip. But I think we saw a lot of students grow in this mission trip. Putting them outside of their comfort zone. Making them do things that they wouldn't normally do. But I challenge you as adults and students who are in here. It's the same as applicable for you. Every day your life is a mission field. Every single day. No matter what you do, whether you're a teacher, whether you work a normal job, whether you're a student, no matter what. <laughs> Teacher's not a normal job. <laughs> My teachers will tell you that. But no matter what you do in life, God can use you. You just have to be willing. So I challenge you, as you go into your everyday life and you go out into your workplace and you go out in your homes with your families, that you are different and that you let God use you where you are and let him have control of your life. So McKinley's going to come and give a testimony now, or a part of her testimony. So give her some applause. Hey guys, I'm McKinley. <laughs> so JT also asked me to share today, and I'm going to be focusing on a highlight during youth group during my junior year, towards the middle of my junior year, when I went to JT and Lane for advice. So I'll start off by saying a lot of teens come to church because their parents pulled them into the pews or they're here with a friend because they spent the night the night before, and they aren't really here because they really want to, but I am here to say to recognize the fellowship that is within this church. I would like the youth that are in here to really pay attention to what I'm saying so that they can use it when they walk out these doors. The first time I attended a youth group wasn't actually at Forks. Um, the first time I did attend a youth group, I was kind of out of place. I felt like I didn't really belong. I didn't feel the fellowship or the support. And so I decided to break away from that youth group and come to Forks. And when I got here, it was like a breath of fresh air. And ironically, when I first came here, so had JT and Elaine. And so everything was really new, and it was really hard to be honest and open and super engaged because they're new, I'm new, everything's different. But that was kind of one-sided because JT and Elaine right off the bat were super supportive and honest and open and friendly and it really just allowed me to feel like I belonged at the Forks. So when about mid-junior year hit, it's kind of hard to not be super anxious and stressed during your junior year because you're balancing all these classes that you have to fit into the end of your high school career to get all the credits you need for college so you're prepared for all those scholarships and so I was really getting overwhelmed it was middle of junior year everything was crashing down I was balancing AP classes sports and clubs church a job a friend group it puts me out of breath just saying it um, <laughs> so I seeked 
JT and Elaine for advice. I was like, what can you tell me so that I can really feel like I'm in the moment? Because at the time, I wasn't feeling like I was enjoying my junior year. I just felt like it was one thing after another. I was worrying about tomorrow, next week, next month, next, the next year. And I really just wanted to feel in the moment because Matthew 6:34 says to live in the moment and to leave your worries for tomorrow. But at the time, I was really worrying about tomorrow in the day. So I wasn't really doing my best at showing Matthew 6:34. But JT and Elaine had the perfect verses to tell me, and I was going to share those with you all today. The first one is Proverbs 3, 5, which is famous. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's obviously a lot easier said than done because it's really hard to just hand all of your worries and stress over to someone that you may not be able to see, of course, because God, we can't just see God, we feel him. So my biggest takeaway from this verse is that you, even though you have a plan for your life, it's still going to stress you out. So you need to put your plan and your stress and your anxiety into God and let him take control of it. Like Emerson said in his speech, that you have to let go. JT actually told me that. You have to let go. You have to trust that the Lord will not let you down. That's what JT said. And that really stuck with me. So anytime I'm overwhelmed, I think God's got it. The next verse is 1 Peter 5.7. Cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. God's shoulders are broad and his view is sprawling. This is, again, just God having full control of your life and giving anything that bothers you, whether it's the exam next week, how many hours you're working this week, that dance performance that you have tonight, or even someone that's coming for you personally, trying to get in your head. God is willing to take it away from you so that you don't have to have it weighing on your shoulders. He says, put it on my shoulders. He said, you can lean on me. You can put all of your stress on me so that you don't have to feel weighed down. So after talking to them that night, I not only felt exactly how to deal with my stress and whenever I feel overwhelmed and how much God actually does care for me and knows exactly how I'm going to get through it and going to put me through the steps that even though I may not like the steps all the time or agree with the steps all the time, Going through them will put me in the best spot that I can be. And it also showed me the fellowship within Forks Youth Group because I not only didn't feel belonging in my old youth group, but this youth group made me feel like a family. And I honestly got the support and love that I wouldn't expect until I had like a four-year previous friendship. But now I have this family that I've only been with a year and I know how much they are proud of me and they love me and they support me. So dear teens and abuse and adults, because this can apply to you too, instead of feeling like you have to be at church and go through the routine, feel like you get to be at church. Challenge yourself to fellowship. Allow yourself to go and talk to your leaders. Go and talk to your pastor about how you're feeling, what you're going through, because Even though you may feel like they don't know what to say or they may not understand or know how to react to what you're saying, everyone goes through things. Everyone is a sinner, but everyone talks to the same God, and God loves everyone the same. So everyone will listen to you and support you just as God will. Thank you.
I'm super proud of, of both of you guys. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I want to extend, before I actually get into uh, what I've prepared, I want to just extend some special thank yous uh, to all of our students who's participated up on the stage today. It takes a lot of guts to do that, so thank you all so much. Yeah. And um, I want to extend a special thank you also to Chuck for jumping in and playing bass with us. Uh, we don't have any students that play bass yet, so thank you, Chuck. And, uh, and for Sean for helping lead our students, uh, preparing for, musically for, for the service um, as Elaine and I were out of, out of town on, uh, on vacation. Thank you, Sean. And lastly, but certainly not least, thank you to Pastor Todd for allowing us to kind of take over Sunday morning service. Uh, so thank you, Pastor Todd. I appreciate it. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing to have a pastor that believes in the next generation. Amen? Amen. Um, so my scripture for this morning comes out of Psalm 78, verses 1 through 4. It's written, My people... Hear my teaching, listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from out from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deed of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. So Youth Sunday is one of my favorite events of the year. Um, and, and it's one of the favorites because I get to share the blessing of working with these students. I get to share that with you. I get to share that with you. Because um, you guys don't, don't get to kind of hang out with them day in and day out, you know? Like, and I, I get to do that quite a few times uh, throughout the week. So it's, it's a lot of fun. And I, I get to share this with you. And it, it's, out of that, it's out of that blessing that we find ourselves here this morning. Because we're, we're proud of our students. So we want to lift them up and, and show you that they're here. And they're a part of our community and that we are an intergenerational church, right? We try not to silo um, our ministries, but we try to work together and be intergenerational, right? Because there's so much that you can teach us, right? So much. <clears throat> so the, uh, as, as I've shared before in, my, in some of my sermons, you guys, most of you, if you've been here, have known that I came to know Christ through a youth ministry. It's because of a youth ministry that I have come to know Christ and become a Christian, and I've faced a number, a fair number of uh, troubles in my life, um, and, a, and I've shared about some of those in the past too, you know, alcoholism in my home, and uh, hard, hard language, and, and insecurity, and depression, and anxiety, so a lot, a lot of those things, um, and I found, uh, in a lot of ways, I was very confused as a teenager, I was very confused, and I was needing answers to questions that I didn't really know that I had. Uh, questions such as, why are these things happening to me? Why are these things happening to me? Is there more to life than what I see in front of me? Is there more to life? Will the hard stuff that I'm going through right now ever end? Or ever really end? Because sometimes it seems like one hard thing leads into another hard thing, leads into another hard thing. <laughs> you know, it doesn't stop. Sometimes it feels that way. And these are some of the questions, among others, that led me to believe that I had no purpose. They led me to believe that um, in some ways, I'm trying to be sensitive to some, some of our younger, younger people that are here, but 
um, led me to some darker possibilities. Some of those inadequacies and, and, and anxieties and things like that led me to some darker possibilities. And it was through a youth ministry that I found answers. Okay? It was through a youth ministry that I found answers. And that, and that leads me to the question that I want to attempt to answer today, which is, why is youth ministry important? Youth ministry is said to have started in the 40s with the establishment of organizations like Young Life and Youth for Christ. Um, and then around the early 70s is when the, the more institutional church um, was take, started to take notice of teenagers that was kind of hanging out um, on Sunday evenings and stuff. And they said, you know what, let's go evangelize with these students and bring them into a structured place and teach them about Jesus. So let, let's bring them into the fold, you know. Um, but... Though, Though I really admire that history, I don't really subscribe to that history. Um, I don't draw a whole lot of inspiration from it uh, because I think it's invalid to attribute the beginning of youth ministry with those organizations. I would attribute the beginning of youth ministry to Jesus. I know. JT, that is the most Sunday school cliche answer you could have possibly given me this morning. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm aware, but I believe that Jesus set the standard. I believe that Jesus set the standard on youth ministry, really ministry at large. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he is who he is, right? But John, uh, the, one of the disciples, John is believed to have been about 18 years old when he started following Jesus. And then James and, and John, the sons of Zebedee, they were believed to be around 16 or 17 whenever they started because they were out fishing with their father's Zebedee, right? Peter was either in his late teens or in his early 20s because of the, we can tell that from the evidence of his marriage, because we, we see evidence in the scripture. He was married. He had a sick mother-in-law that Jesus healed. And um, we can tell, based on some of that and some other extra historical things, that Peter uh, was probably in his late teens or early 20s whenever he started following Jesus. Late teens or early 20s. Um, Furthermore, in Jewish culture, it is customary that the boys would enter into religious teaching, religious training, at about five years old. And they would, they would continue this kind of schooling until around 14 years old. And if they wanted to continue beyond that, they would be assigned a rabbi. So my point in saying all this is that um, youth ministry has always been. It's, it wasn't new in the 40s. It wasn't new in the 70s. It has always been. And a lot of that is because even before Jesus came to the earth in flesh, children were included in religious training through the culture. We would, we would have this oral teaching that would introduce students, introduce small kids into uh, what we believe as a culture. And they would grow up that way. And so youth ministry is not a new thing. It has always been. So I want to look at our, our verse again this morning where it says, My people hear my teaching, listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old. Okay, that's tradition, right? Things from of old. Things we have heard and known. Things that our ancestors have told us. Passing it on, right? Things that our ancestors, our fathers, our mothers have told us. We will not hide these things, that we will not hide them from our descendants, from their descendants. We won't hide these things from our children. We will pass it on. We will tell the next generation of the praiseworthy deed of the Lord, His power, and the wonders that He has done. 
we will tell the next generation of the goodness of God. Do we, are we committed to that in this place? that we will tell the next generation of the goodness of God. We will tell the generation of the testimony of what Jesus has done for me. We will tell the next generation that there is a God who loves them and is calling them by name. Is that something that we would take hold of and own and take responsibility for? But in short, the Forks student ministry is the next generation of Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church. They are the next generation of parents that are going to raise up their own children to follow in the ways of the Lord. They are the legacy which propels our church forward. And what are we to do with that? What are we to do with this amazing responsibility, extremely humbling responsibility? We are to nurture it with support. We are to guide it through the truth of Christianity. We are to step into that responsibility to own it, to build relationship, intentional relationship, nothing fake. We're not a numbers game. It's about building intentional relationships to walk alongside these students as they navigate life and the things that we've already kind of gone through. Do you see that, church? What Jesus set up for us is a generational system. After all, how else are they supposed to learn if not from us? How else are they supposed to learn if not from us? One of my favorite scriptures, and it's a, it's a common one, you might hear me quote it a lot on Sundays, but um, Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. This is Jesus talking. This is Jesus talking after the resurrection. I love this text because this text is a, is a text of action. Okay? It's not passive. We don't, we don't have a, a passive gospel. We are not to be passive believers. We are to be active believers, fully engaged in the mission of the gospel. Amen? Amen. We are to go into the world and make disciples, and that means that we are to do that of teenagers as well, even if that can sometimes seem intimidating. The mission of the gospel is to present it and to teach it to anyone who will listen. Why? Why? Because the gospel provides life. The gospel provides hope. It provides answers whenever everything else around us doesn't seem to make any sense at all. Let me ask you something. Do you know what our teens are facing in, to, in today's culture? Do you know what they're facing? Because a lot of what they're facing is not all that different from what the disciples were facing with the Roman oppression. The Roman, uh, the Roman culture there had a lot of the same sins that we see today. But I'll tell you, social media makes a big difference. And like, I'm not hating on social media. I use it to communicate with the kids all the time. I think we can, in, in some ways, redeem it, right? And to use it for evangelistic uh, opportunities. But social media is also an avenue for the enemy to move. And we don't want the enemy to take a foothold, even a small foothold, in the lives of our students. <clears throat> Has anyone here ever done something that they regret? <laughs> yeah, right? Raise your hand. Let's just see. Let's get a visual. Yeah, there you go. 
See, that's like everybody, all right? And it should be, because every single one of us has done or said something we've regretted, okay? And um, spouses, I'm sorry if I just got you all in trouble. Uh, but uh, how would you feel if that thing had a snapshot, had a tag, had a video, and was posted on Instagram or on Facebook or on Snapchat stories? See, for our students, that kind of thing feels world-ending. I messed up, and I'm never going to live this down. I've messed up, and I'm never going to live this down. No matter where I go, even into a new school year, I can, I'm going to be embarrassed about that one video. I'm going to be embarrassed about that one post. These people don't like me because of that thing. Maybe I spoke out of turn and said something I didn't mean, but now I'm labeled by it. Now it's a part of my identity. Do you remember how world-shattering disruptions felt to you as a teenager? I do. I, I remember a lot of stuff that, was, that seemed pretty world-shattering for me. Um, I remember how broken I felt whenever I would mess up. I remember how useless I felt, how ruined I felt. But it took just one man, right? It took just one man who genuinely cared about me and who held the gospel as the top priority, as the very foundation of life. He held the gospel as the most important thing, and he introduced me to Jesus so that I could see my life completely changed. Because of one man's obedience to Christ, my life was saved. You can be that one person for someone today. You can be that one person that loves someone just as Jesus instructed us to love. You can tell them the truth about this broken world we live in, and you can tell them about the Savior who died to set us free from it. You can walk alongside these students and help them to navigate the life that you have so much experience and so much wisdom in. The youth ministry is important because it is the mission of the gospel. To make Jesus known to those who do not know him. It is important because our God is a God of generations. He set our life systems up in motion so that we would be expected to pass on the wisdom, the experience, the, the lessons to the next generation. Did you know, and here's a random, kind of semi-random statistic for you, okay? Did you know that there are about 332 million people that live in America today, in North America today? Do you know that? And about 50 million of those people are student-aged people. 50 million. And from the uh, CEAI, that's the Christian Educators Association International. Did I get that right, Elaine? <laughs> awesome. So the CEAI, their statistics and their studies have revealed, that, revealed this 50 million population to be the most underreached, you hear that? The most underreached mission field in North America. kind of let that set in for a second because that's that's a, that's jesus looking at the disciples whenever he spoke to the woman at the well and he says he says the the uh, the fields are ripe for harvest but the workers are few it, they're ready right but we got to go and get them we got to go and get them 
Youth ministry is important because there are thousands of young people right here in Franklin, Woodford, Scott, and Anderson counties that are desperate for answers, and they're desperate for the truth, and they need a ministry. They need a youth ministry that is authentic and is devoted to the truth of Scripture, a youth ministry that is unwavering and grounded in the gospel of Christ. They need the youth ministry of Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church. They need us. They need the community of Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church. And it's our job to bring them into that. Amen? Now maybe you're here this morning and you haven't had that one person come into your life just yet. Maybe, maybe you're here and you're exploring faith in general. Okay? Brand new to it. Or maybe you're a teenager, right? And kind of like how Max said a minute ago. You know? Maybe you were uh, pulled into the pews. Right? Or um, maybe your parents or your grandparents dragged you here, you know? Let me tell you the truth, though. There is a God, and there are plenty of amazing apologetic discussions and studies we can get into to prove that fact. And he loves you, and he is calling you by name. We are all sinners, and we've all messed up, but there is a root to our mistakes. We were born into a sin-cursed world, and God himself became flesh. And he came to this place, and we call him Jesus. He lived a perfect life as both God and man. His people did not recognize that he was the Messiah, and they killed him. They crucified him, placed him on the cross, and he died. But three days later, Jesus rose from the grave. He continued to teach, and he appeared to over 500 eyewitnesses as the risen, the resurrected Jesus. And so when he died on that cross, he took your sin, all of it, past, present, and future. He took your sin. And when he rose from the grave, he gave you the opportunity to rise with him. Free from the law, but a slave to Christ. Romans 10.9 says this. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Will you make that decision today? Will you let today be the day of salvation? I want to invite the students to come on up and uh, get ready for our last song of worship. And I want to extend an invitation to you. If today will be the day of salvation for you, maybe you want to turn and lay something aside that you've been struggling with. Maybe there's a sin in your life that you have a, you've had a really hard time letting go of. Come and lay it down. Maybe you haven't made that decision for Christ just yet. Or maybe, maybe you have, but you've, you've kind of wondered and you're not really reading, you're not really praying, you don't know if you really believe come and let us pray with you. Pastor Todd and I will be right down here if you would like to pray. Um, we would be honored and privileged to pray with you today. So, uh, you guys ready to jump into some more worship? Yeah, sure. You guys could sound more excited. You, you want to jump into some more worship? Let's stand and worship together.
I'm excited. You may be seated for a minute. I'm, first, let me just uh, say how proud, guys, we are of all of you guys that led today. Proud of you guys. JT, appreciate you leading our students and all those adult leaders who work with our students on a weekly basis. Thank you all so much. And after the service, I'm going to invite all those of you who played and spoke to just go out in the foyer out in front of the table. Go by and let them know how much you appreciate them, how much you love them, and how proud we are. The future looks bright here at Ports of Elkhorn Baptist Church, so I'm excited. And I'm very excited today for these that have come making uh, decisions for Christ. Jessica and Emma Hall, if you all would come up beside me, and Regina, you can come up too. I'm excited today that Jessica and her daughter Emma come making public professions of faith in Jesus Christ. So we're excited, we're excited. Praise the Lord, and we'll get an opportunity to schedule a baptism and to celebrate with you all through Believer's Baptism. This is Regina Fish. She comes today. She is a mom and grandmother, and she comes today to unite with this church family. And Regina, all I can say to you is it's about time. So we are so glad. Many folks, I'm sure, thought these were already members. They've been coming for quite some time. We welcome you all. What a special day this is. And I know you want to pledge your love, prayers, and support once again to this family by letting it be known by saying amen and applause. We celebrate. And if y'all don't mind, I'm going to invite you to stand out in the foyer too so folks can give you a warm welcome to this family of faith. You may be seated right now. I know JT had another announcement. I want to remind you that this is Operation uh, Christmas Child, our shoebox ministry. It's not too early to be bringing in items to fill for children who otherwise would not have Christmas all around the world. So if you have items that you want to drop off at the church, you can go online to our website to see what we need. I think there's a list at the Welcome Center. But please prayerfully consider bringing to this very worthy and great ministry. I think you've got a special announcement about what's going on tonight. So tonight, um, what you all don't know about today is that today is also our sixth grade advancement Sunday. So uh, we've had youth up front in the morning, and we're going to have youth afterward too. So um, if you have a sixth grader that is, has not been on our list, maybe you didn't receive an invitation, consider this your invitation, okay? At, at 5 o'clock today, we're going to have some dinner, and Mary is going to speak to our uh, rising sixth graders, and then we're going to go into youth group for their first youth group meeting at 6 o'clock. Um, we would love to have you. Um, and, you, and anybody here that's not a sixth grader, <laughs> we would love for you to pray for us as we uh, introduce these sixth graders and help them to feel welcome, help them to connect um, with other students and with our adult leaders. Um, we want to see authentic relationships built. Amen. Amen. That's what we want to see. Um, and then lastly, in two weeks, we have what we're calling Live Out Loud. Okay, it's a back to school bash kind of event. It's going to be in the Cross Center. Um, for, this is a kind of back-to-school bash thing, so we're wanting to give out some school supplies. 
So if you would like to donate any school supplies um, for, uh, for Live Out Loud, um, just come bring them by the youth room, bring them by the office, and we'll, we'll get those taken care of. But uh, thank you so much for your support and your love for these students. Um, thank you so much. Amen. <clears throat> if you have a youth that's not involved in the youth group or church, we encourage you to bring them to be a part of the great things God is doing because the future is bright here. At this time, we're going to stand, and, and I'm going to invite our new folks to go out in the foyer. Guys, you all go out in the foyer, so people, JTU as well. Sean, thank you again, and Chuck for being a great part today. We're going to close in prayer this morning. Hope you have an awesome week. Don't forget how much God loves you. We love you too. Let's pray together. God, thank you for this awesome day. Thank you for the students that led us beautifully in worship, Father, through their music ability, through their testimony. Father, for the sweet spirit of each person here today. Thank you for our uh, JT and Elaine and for our student leaders who give of their time and talents to invest in our young people. And God, may we be a church that always loves and supports our students, our, our next generation who are vitally important to the church today and tomorrow. And Father, we just ask your blessings upon them as they go back to school this week. We pray for parents and grandparents and teachers and administrators, faculty. May this be the best year ever. Put a hedge of protection around them. Father, would you just uh, put your Holy Spirit not only within them, but around them. Father, we're grateful for these decisions that were made today. We ask your blessings upon them. And Lord, if there are others who are making decisions in their heart, would they follow through, God, speaking to one of our staff or me? It would be our privilege to pray with them. So God, we just praise you for this awesome day. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. Bless you as you go from this place.